Hey guys, it's Blake, and you're listening to Blonde Hair, Black Heart. Welp, I'm still alive, which means that my handyman decided not to kill me. <laughs> um, another update from last week's episode. So I told you guys a story about our friend Eliza and her douchebag boyfriend, Ryan. Um, at least I think those were the names that I gave them. Uh, anyways, uh, follow up to that. So we let Eliza know that her boyfriend had cheated on her, and she was already aware um, they are now going through a breakup, which is really sad and unfortunate because they just moved in together. Um, But update to the story, we just found out that Ryan is now under investigation because apparently this wasn't a one-time thing, and not only was he sleeping with other coworkers at the hotel— but he was bringing random girls back to the hotel and somehow going and getting into guest rooms and sleeping with them. So now it's like a big security breach issue and he's under investigation. And um, yeah, why is no one filming this? Like, why are there not confessionals with Eliza where she's telling us how she feels? And then why are we not following Ryan, you know, as he's like running away from the cameras after they've just caught him boning. (laughs) Like, ah, someone needs to scream suck a dick. I just, I need it. Okay, so last week, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills opened with the sound of mayonnaise being stirred in a bowl. And this week we get PK's teeth. I'm vomiting. (laughs) So both PK and Doritos had their teeth done. Uh, So Doritos' teeth look the exact same, but PK's old teeth look like actual Doritos. Like, they're not yellow, they're orange. And powdery. And disgusting. So Dorit tells all the ladies about her new charity venture, Homeless Not Toothless, which obviously was inspired by PK. (laughs) She got involved when her neighbor Sharon Stone spread her legs, I mean, spread the news, about the charity. You guys, it's a basic instincts joke. Come on. So Dorit also tells a story about this dentist who has a bunch of kids from donating his sperm. Um, This was really random, but also really juicy, and maybe this guy needs a reality show. Crystal visits Sutton the person at Sutton the store, and she talks about how she used to be in sales at, like, Payless or some shoe store, and Sutton says that her store pays commissions, and it can be really good money. And then the producers (laughs) cut to the empty store with, like, cricket sound effects. They're so shady. I fucking love it. So then Crystal asks how Sabado was. Um, Wait, okay, so I always watch the show twice, once for funsies and then once for worksies. And on the first watch when Crystal asked how Sabado was, which is Saturday in Spanish, I actually thought to myself, I wonder if there are going to be a lot of people who have no idea what she's talking about. And on my second watch, I noticed that they added a caption that literally just said, Sabado equals Saturday. (laughs) Adios mio. Crystal says that she talked to Rinna about her eating disorder, and Rinna says that all of the ladies were talking and were very concerned for her. But Sutton says that the ladies seemed less like they were coming from a place of concern and more like they were coming from a place of judgment. Sutton explains that the other ladies were actually questioning why Crystal wasn't seeking help, and Crystal explains that just because she hasn't done everything doesn't mean that she hasn't done anything. Later on Watch What Happens Live, she also explained further that when she was talking with Erica, she was explaining how she had never gone away for treatment, like to a facility, but she has been in therapy all of her life. It's also important to remember that just because you share some things doesn't mean you have to share all things, even when you're on a reality show. You know, Crystal explaining how she's feeling right now about her eating disorder doesn't mean that she needs to give Erica fucking Jane a full record of her medical history, you know? 
So then Asher has a little concert for no one because he completely forgot all of the cameras were around and that his mic was on and that he signed a release for his music to be featured on the show. Honestly, never again. I don't want to hear this fucking Harry Styles wannabe ever again. Diana says that she loves Asher because he's like a little kid. Kind of weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially for someone who's linked to pedophiles and sex traffickers. Just saying. Just saying. Erica and Kyle have a little sound bath, and then they chat about Erica's sex life before Kyle rushes inside to look up dongsunlimited.com. Um, for real, though, I'm very over all of the discussions of Erica's sex life. I'm bored. I don't care. Unless she's going to show up in the Army Hammer documentary, I'm uninterested. Kyle and Erica also talk about how Garcelle has brought up Erica's drinking habits of late. And Erica does a complete 180 from when she and Garcelle actually spoke last week or when she and Rinna spoke. And this time she says, I don't have a fucking problem. Kyle and Erica clearly don't think Garcelle was coming from a good place, but here's my thing. Whether the person calling you out has positive motives or negative ones, if you're going to take ownership, you take ownership. I don't get how she can say to Rinna, yes, I have a problem. Yes, I have to stop doing this. Yes, it's getting dangerous. But then turn around and say to Kyle, well, I guess I can't have fun around Garcelle. Clearly, Erica's moments of accountability and self-awareness are very fleeting. Dorit throws a black and gold dinner party. Black and gold is my vibe, you guys. My whole house is black and gold and white, and Dorit looks fabulous. Guys, I don't care. I don't care. I love Dorit. I, I just can't quit her. And then Kathy arrives with Dwight. <laughs> Do you guys remember Dwight? Um, Dorit kind of dances around the fact that he is a former friend of the Vanderpumps, but I remember him as Taylor Armstrong's friend. So I don't know, maybe Dwight will be on Real Housewives of Orange County too. Then Diana slash Leanne arrives, <laughs> um, but her gold outfit is more mustard to me, and it just wasn't it. I was not a fan. Rinna shows up after raiding Mary Cosby's closet, and Erica comes after raiding, I don't know, Phoenix Kemsley's closet? Like, literally, she was wearing, like, a slutty American Girl doll dress. <laughs> PK tells his DUI story again, but this time he adds special guest appearances from Lionel Richie and John Legend, who you know are just at home watching, being like, you fucker, don't drag me into this. Then PK and Mauricio play a really gross game of whose wife would you rather? I don't know, it was just icky to me. It wasn't like, wow, they all look so beautiful. Um, it was more like, oh yeah, look at Erica's dress. Like, is that a, an extra small in a junior's? Oh yeah. I don't know. It, it was also not it. <laughs> Erica and Rena are talking about how Erica can only have one drink, so maybe a vodka. But why not a glass of wine? Or like, I don't know, is it really that hard to just not drink one time? Like, isn't that maybe more evidence that Garcelle might be right? Just have a Diet Coke. Kyle, who also did not order a Diet Coke, tells Sutton that Rinna is denying cussing at her during their argument at the Rinna Rosé luncheon. And Sutton says it happened, but she doesn't want to get into it right now. Garcelle agrees on both counts. Rinna said, fuck you, and let's drop it. Kyle then turns and asks Dorit, did Rinna say fuck? And Dorit says, yes, absolutely. Kyle, who is like a dog with a bone when she's finally out of the hot seat, turns and yells to the other side of the table, Rinna, they're saying you did say fuck. Rinna denies it, and Mauricio says, Rinna, I wasn't even there, but I know that you said it. 
Now Rinna and Sutton are going at it across this U-shaped table. Rinna says she's upset that Sutton didn't apologize to Harry in person, and Sutton says that she wasn't going to get up and make a scene in the middle of this wine tasting, but she did send him an apology text. Lisa, without blinking, says, no you didn't. Sutton kills me here, and she goes, oh I do believe I did. <laughs> she even reads the text to us in her confessional, complete with a kissing kitty cat face emoji and a heart. If Harry and Rinna can't accept an apology with a kissing kitty cat face emoji and a heart, then they just clearly can't be pleased. Crystal is texting with her friend, the dentist's wife, who's sitting across the table, but honestly, after this shit show of a dinner, this might be friend number 15 for Crystal, if you know what I mean. Dorit tries to get everyone to calm down because, unbeknownst to everyone, Melissa Etheridge is about to come to Dorit's window. Honestly, someone needs to ask her what she heard from backstage or wherever she was, and what was going through her head. Like, is she Team Rinna or is she Team Sutton? We need to know. Melissa Etheridge manages to change the mood, and Rinna, once again, tells Sutton that she wants to move on. She wants to get over it. Maybe this time, since she said it in front of her audience, she will have to stick to it. Maybe. Then Rinna breaks down over her mom. She acknowledges that her anger isn't about Sutton, and it's good to see her recognize it. It is. But what we need, though, is the other ladies to call her out on it when it's happening. Just because they also don't really like Sutton, they just sit back and they watch it happen. But it's unhealthy for Rinna. And Erica, Kyle, all of them should be saying, Rinna, you're going insane over nothing. Like, the comment on Watch What Happens Live that Sutton made about Lisa and Harry and Gallagate was hardly anything. It was barely insulting. And had Rena just dropped it, no one would have ever spoken about it again. We probably wouldn't even remember. The other ladies should have been saying to her this whole time, Rena, this isn't that deep. You're losing your mind. It's funny, on some of the other shows, it's like the conflict comes from too much accountability. They hold each other to too high of standards, they call each other out over everything, and they refuse to give each other the benefit of the doubt. But on Beverly Hills, there's not enough accountability. There are just too many pacts and cliques and blood oaths, probably. Next week, we see Garcelle tell Erica Jane what the world has been thinking for nearly two years now. You make yourself look like a goddamn fool week after week. Not that I'm not grateful for it. She also gives me content week after week. So thanks, Erica. One of the best things about growing up in Arizona is that there's incredible Mexican food on every street corner. And you know what goes best with good Mexican food? Traditional Mexican horchata. Don't know what horchata is? It's creamy, delicious rice milk flavored with cinnamon, vanilla, and sugar. Okay, you thirsty now? Me too. Luckily, even if you're far from the southern border, you can get your horchata fix every day with cinnamon. Cinnamon is a brand created by my good friend Tyler, who is even more obsessed with horchata and all things cinnamon than I am. He's developed all natural skincare products and more, crafted in California with ethically sourced ingredients and infused with real cinnamon. Have you heard of the antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, or antioxidant properties of cinnamon when applied to the skin? Or how about how it helps treat acne? What about how cinnamon promotes blood flow, helping with skin elasticity by bringing blood flow to the surface of the skin and helping to moisturize skin with all of that added circulation? Some of my personal favorite products from Sinmin are their signature lip balm that gives your lips a sweet tingle and a subtle natural plum, their all-natural deodorant developed for sensitive skin, and the Coco Chata body beverage that leaves your body hydrated and smelling like heaven. They even have candles and air fresheners to keep your entire home, car, or office smelling like your favorite dessert. With Sinmin, you'll enjoy all the benefits Cinnamon has to offer your skin and your senses. 
Visit Sinmin.com, that's S-I-N-M-I-N.com, and use code Blake at checkout for 15% off your total order today and receive free shipping on all orders over $50. That's code Blake for 15% off your order at Sinmin.com. I may have a black heart, but I can be sweet sometimes, and Sinmin definitely helps. Okay, let's talk about the Real Housewives of Atlanta. The gang is in Jamaica, still reeling from Marlo telling Candy she's local only. Bitch, she's worldwide! I'm sure you guys saw Candy did uh, what she does best, and she jumped on the opportunity to monetize that line. She's got Bitch I'm Worldwide merch everywhere already. And, uh, okay, I just feel like, don't kill me, but she clearly had this merch lined up and ready to go. I, I don't think that she just, like, designed it all and had it produced in a matter of days. I really doubt that. So, to me, it feels like she was expecting the line to blow up. Like, she said it and then immediately was like, oh, that's gonna be good. We need to prepare for this. Um, I don't know. It just made it feel cheap and rehearsed to me. But on the flip side, get that paper, girl. I will absolutely give Candy credit for knowing her worth, literally. Drew and Marlo apparently had a late-night therapy session, and Marlo is now apologizing to Ralph for jumping down his throat and not adopting his stepson. I do have to say, though, that I don't really agree with him in this regard. I think that he's too focused on Drew's former baby daddy, and they should be focused on the child. Um, I don't think there are going to be negative repercussions on the child for feeling loved and supported and wanted. So the group is waiting for Kenya on the van, and they cut to Kenya in her room taking her sweet-ass time. Um, she's taking photos of the ocean from her window, but like, girl, this is day two of the trip. Taking photos of the view is day one shit, you know? So now I know that she's being petty on purpose. The gang goes to the National Stadium um, because Sonya wants to play some games. Did you guys know that she was an Olympian? She never talks about it. Then later, Candy and Drew have a little acting class, and Drew mentions Uta Hagen um, and the acting method that Drew subscribes to, and Candy is not having it. Um, it reminded me of Joey on Friends when someone asked him where he studied acting, and he's like, oh, you don't study acting. <laughs> So when I was in college, we studied the Stanislavski method, which is uh, really deep into character development, and we used to have to, like, journal as our characters and, and do, like, full uh, character biographies on them. Um, so I, I feel Drew. I, like, get it. I think that to be a good actor, you have to find your character. Um, and Candy, you know, for someone who has stated in the past that they would love to EGOT, you know, at least two of those awards are strictly for acting, so... Maybe don't knock it till you try it? <laughs> Alright, so I'm sure you guys have heard the news recently about NeNe Leakes' lawsuit against Bravo and Andy Cohen. So she's been speaking out again lately on how she believes she's been blackballed from the industry by Bravo and Andy, and how she can't get work now because of them, and how she specifically thinks that it's racially motivated. So, I don't know, to be honest, I never really bought NeNe's claims of racism and her being treated poorly at Bravo because she's black, and I'll tell you why. There was a time when NeNe Leakes was the most famous Real Housewife. There was a time where NeNe Leakes was one of the highest paid Real Housewives, if not the highest paid Real Housewife. In fact, the Atlanta women as a whole are consistently one of the highest paid casts overall. There was also a time where NeNe Leakes was everywhere. She was in TV shows, she was all over magazines, she was hustling, but she was also notoriously difficult to work with. 
Now she's claiming that she can't find work, but isn't it possible that it's because of your reputation? Or is it possible that you can't get work now because you're suing your former employee and the network? Bravo's owned by NBC Universal, so like it makes sense that it would be difficult for you to get gigs when you're suing NBC. Also, you were just on another reality show this summer, so clearly you can get work, it's just not the work you want. Plus, other Real Housewives are able to do other shows, Kenya was just on Dancing with the Stars. So I don't know, if someone has any legit evidence to support Nini's claims, I would love to see them, but for now, I'm definitely Team Bravo on this one. Okay guys, so beyond my love for The Real Housewives, my TV habits could be compared to those of a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> so over the last couple of weeks, I've been watching the new Pretty Little Liars, and this weekend I watched all of Never Have I Ever. Okay, the new PLL, Original Sin. So what I love about this one compared to the original is that it seems much more horror-inspired and less teen soap-inspired. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's teeny and it's soapy, but the Pretty Little Liars are being stalked by an actual murderer in a scary Leatherface-esque mask, so it's definitely way creepier than them being stalked by a maybe-dead 14-year-old girl, you know? <laughs> I also like that the deaths are really interesting and gory and scary, and they don't happen off-camera like they did in the OG show. The main character is named Imogen, and she's played by Bailey Madison, who you would probably recognize. She's been acting since she was like three or four. Um, and my memory of Bailey is probably a pretty obscure one, but if anyone has ever seen Just Go With It, starring Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler, she's the little girl that says, You're not a whore, Palmer. If you know, you know. Okay, so then, Never Have I Ever, as I'm sure you all know, is Mindy Kaling's show on Netflix about a young Indian girl navigating life and love in high school. So the show has been focused on a love triangle for the first two seasons, a who-will-she-choose scenario where the main character, Davy, could end up with one of two guys, nerdy but connects with her on a deeper level, Ben, or hot, hot, way too hot to be a high schooler, Paxton. I don't know about you guys, but before this season, I was 100% team Ben, just because, like, he made more sense for Davy. But this season, they made him look like such a tool, and not a cute, dorky tool, but like, a misogynistic tool? <laughs> so ultimately, by the end of this season, I just wanted Davy to stay single, which, like, I don't know, maybe that was the point all along? Feminism? Anyways, if you also have the taste of a tween girl when it comes to what you watch on TV, and you've been watching either of these shows, tweet me or DM me and let me know your thoughts. Who is A in Pretty Little Liars? And are you Team Ben or are you Team Paxton? Or are you Team All the Single Ladies on Never Have I Ever? Let me know. Okay guys, that's it for today's episode. Make sure to follow on social media at BlondeHairBlackHeart, like or subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode, and go give me a nice little 5-star rating or review. It honestly means the world. Alright, I'll see you next time. Bye! No seriously, leave me 5 stars.